This time on TNT, we take a stroll down each of our respective career paths. We play a fun new game called Band Starter Kit. Plus, what songs and albums did Mutt Lang not produce? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Happy New Year, even though it's late. So late. It is so late. And you know what? I'll eat it. It's on me. Yeah, we'll we'll eat it. No, I'll have a little taste. No, let me let me busy holiday. Let me enjoy it it. bite by bite. It's my fault. (laughs) Um can we talk about it or not? Well yeah, I guess I I guess. I'm not telling uh tales out of school. Um No. We're uh undergoing a friendly uh exchange of information with uh CRA. And this is well. I mean, you've we've talked about this before, and you've you've had dealings in the past with having to do tax stuff, right? Yes. And tax hell and being a owner of a few businesses, like it's just the way it is. And it's just sense, the way it right? is. Yeah. Yeah. And here's um here's the outcome that I I would like to share. It's still uh, pending. Yeah. But um, obviously, we have accountants. They are uh, communicating with CRA. Um, uh, the people at CRA deal in kind of numbers and receipts. They don't really deal in context. So yeah. I was feeling very strange uh, because, first of all, the system is designed to catch people trying to get away with stuff. Uh, and we're, we're not. We're not trying to get away with anything. We didn't misrepresent what we spent or uh, yeah. we didn't um, say we spent money uh, on a home renovation project, for example, that we actually used to make a bathroom in our house. Like we, we didn't do any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're having a bit of an administrative challenge showing, uh, that this money, uh, here was used to, uh, spend, um, for this particular project. Um, Mm. so, so, uh, the thing that we are, are guilty of at the most is some kind of sloppy, uh, filing, systems well, I mean, come on yeah i mean who thinks like i understand though like it's it's tough to uh maintain all those little receipts and the trails of every single thing you do in the business that's tough well it's exactly and and um uh there were a few circumstances at play beyond our control so for example some of it has to do with the renovation of a home that we purchased fixed up and sold um, happened during COVID, for example, at a time when tradespeople wouldn't be at the house at the same time, um, which lengthened the project, of course. Uh, building materials ballooned. Um, uh, so it was kind of the perfect storm of challenges in this moment. Anyway, uh, I, I understand it's a lottery. I understand it's um, random who gets uh, audited and what have you. But. Mm-hmm. This is the the outcome that I would like to share because it's a great lesson and a great reminder. Um, Like I said, I was feeling pretty arm's length about the whole process because uh, we have accountants, they are talking to them. I hadn't talked directly to them. So we had a guy, uh, he has since uh, got into another job. We got a new person. Um, That person has a boss. They sent us a letter that was like, whoa, that's not how we saw things at all. Anyway. Long story Mm -hmm. short, I called, with our accountant's permission, I called the supervisor guy and was like, hey, do you have, like, 
six minutes? And he's like, yeah, of course, that's that's my job. We ended up speaking for half an hour. Um, and I, I just explained our story. Here's what happened. Here's where I think there's some confusion. Not sure if you, because you inherited this file, if you knew uh, my backstory with your colleague, like just wanted to tell you all the things that I know. Yeah. And I could feel... It, it's like when you're crossing the border and they're like, why are you going to the States? And you, you're you not doing anything wrong, but you, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing, or but you just suddenly feel like, I'm so sorry, I, you're right, I shouldn't go on vacation. It's, yeah. it's kind of the same with um, uh, governing bodies like CRA, where just automatically you feel like a bad person and you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how reasonable and human the person I talked to was, who then suggested uh, I call his colleague who's directly in charge of the file and have the same conversation with her, which I did. I felt like I'm sort of a, eh, we'll see where it lands, whatever happens, happens, and I guess lesson learned, whatever kind of person. But I felt my heart rate going down just in talking to them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we think, you know, to, to do that job, it must take a certain kind of person who doesn't care or whatever. This, these people were very sympathetic and understanding. We'll, we'll see where it lands. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just, you know, the path of least resistance for them. But I, I genuinely appreciated that they seem to have time and interest in hearing my side. Mm -hmm. So that, that was a good outcome. It was just a reminder that, um, uh, Sometimes when you just go right to the root of it, like I said to the guy, I feel very weird that my fate is at arm's length. So I just feel much better talking to you directly. So that way, no matter where it lands, at least I will feel like, well, I, I did everything I could. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But not, uh, not a fun process to go through. I'm sure. Not a fun process. And it, it's interesting. I know in the, the last episode we were talking about kind of new, new year's resolutions and one of mine is to simplify and it's true i don't know if that's like in your in your 20s you're kind of figuring out 30s and 40s you're like i'm gonna go hard and then in your 50s you're like i just want to strip everything down i just want to mm -hmm. uh not have all these complications and one way things can get complicated is by trying to do too much or biting off more than you can chew or in my case uh uh, getting involved in things that aren't my strong suit or, you know, aren't in my yeah, lane. Yeah. Well, it's a lot. I, th there's a, anything that you're, you're doing passionately or something, even if it's a business that you, you have to work hard to maintain, there's a, there's a lot of extra stuff that goes into those places that, that are not exactly what you wanted to be doing, but are, are inherent in those things. Right. Yeah, that's that's that that's what it is. It's like when you're say I want to do this one, I want to start this thing. That's actually more like five or six things when you start end up doing yeah, them, exactly. right? And then if you're doing like five or six different types of things in your life, man, that it just can be a lot of clag that you're like, God damn, this part again, you know? Well, and the thing that I always <laughs> bump up against is as Buddy from Street Sense. I sort of take this weird pride in a DIY approach to things that I'm not good at or have never done before. 
yeah. that if you can farm it out to get someone who does it for a living to do it in one eighth of the time, that's actually mm -hmm. smarter. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to be smarter. But it's like when you're it's like when you're in a band, it's like you, you love to play an instrument. That doesn't mean you signed up for marketing and business of the music industry. Exactly. And social media savviness, which to some <laughs> you know degree I mean? you have to do as a small business person like yeah. Carol's store, for example. Uh, I'm the photographer. She's the stylist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The girls are sometimes models uh, like those are all <laughs> yeah. jobs that you just kind of have to do to get the word out there for sure but like that's it it's like when you remember when you're a kid and you see the ads of like the local businesses right yeah and they always have like the family there remember i don't know i don't know you probably didn't see there was a furniture store and it was always like first it was just the like the, the guy talking and then all of a sudden his kid was born as a baby and he's holding the kid next thing you know like five years later the kid's in the ad it's a mom and, you know, and then it's just, yeah and then by the time the kid's 15 it's just the kid <laughs> well have you have you heard those radio ads that are like um <laughs> my name's D braxton and my dad is a lawyer so if you hurt yourself on the face in a car accident call my dad he'll get you sorted Come on, I, I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's not a specific one, but like <laughs> no, but that's when like, the yeah, kids, what you mean. kids are doing my radio dad spots cares, for the family. My dad cares a lot about people. Yeah. And he really likes people's teeth. He's been taking care of my teeth since I was a kid. Come do sound of dentist Don. Right? I fell on my chompers <laughs> my and my dad. dad fixed it up. He can do the same for you. <laughs> It's usually people that, um, uh, like our lawyers, that uh, can jump in if you have been in a car accident or something like those people. All my dad cares about is laundry and washing and drying. He's sick and tired of everything other than cleaning and washing. Come on down to Carol, Carol Ann's Cleaner House where we have the best appliances. Right? And money. My parents... And then the mom comes on. You're late for lunch. All my dad cares about is money. <laughs> like my dad doesn't get paid until you do. I'm hungry. Yeah. Call my dad. Yeah. <laughs> How's your new year going, bud? Pretty good. It's been. Uh, we finally got snow here. We got blasted. I don't know if you. I think everybody did in North America. It seems. I think but, you guys are yeah. in a deep freeze. Yeah, it's it's like minus fourteen today, without the wind chill, and it's like we have a you know a good, good five six inches of snow. Yeah, that's Winnipeg styles. Uh, yeah, it's Win Winnipeg vibes for sure. Definitely, I'm feeling the Bachman. Um, speaking rain. of passion, uh, it feels like the Terry Ryan story is such a bud story and such canadianity at heart if you haven't heard sure. 47 yeah. year old terry ryan who plays ted hitchcock on shorzy newfoundlander funny guy does stand-up comedy as well has a podcast bud mm -hmm. um, yeah he is a bud actually i remember he, he we uh we were had communication with him early on with the podcast did we 
Yeah, it's, I think he sent in, like, uh, he liked it or, you know, uh, we, we, again, it was one of those things where we weren't having guests, but he was oh, nice neat. enough to say that he listened and, you know, was, I, I think he had his, his book coming out at the time. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but it's just awesome to see, yes, the Growlers, which is, I think, still maybe the best logo in all <laughs> of uh, sports, if not hockey, at least. It's phenomenal. Uh, signed him up so yeah it's nice to see him uh act it, it, yeah give give the buds the perspective he's actually playing so he's 47 <clears throat> years old on Saturday night having a few pints or sunday was his birthday having a few pints at the bar blue on water and st jan's he said he was five or six pints in if you haven't watched his uh well i'll get there in a second i guess five or six pints in night before his birthday phone rings it's a buddy of his from the growlers saying we're gonna sign you he thinks it's kind of a joke, hangs up, and then uh, the GM calls and says, no, for real. And Terry says, tell me right now, because if you're serious, I'll go home. <laughs> but if you're joking, I want to stay out because it's my birthday weekend. So he he says, no, I, I'm very serious. I, I've only heard in kind of broad strokes that it's hard to get players to St. John's. Like, I don't know if there were travel issues, but they were down a guy. They, were, they mm -hmm. needed the numbers. Mm -hmm. So Terry skates with them a few times a week, and he says, I wouldn't have done it if it was a stunt or, you know, publicity thing. If I genuinely didn't feel like I could keep up, I would have said no. For sure, yeah. And he's skating with them. Like, it's that's not that's a big deal to yeah, be out his there. His cardio's good. His conditioning is good. So he says yes, goes home, drinks four liters of water, has a bite to eat, Yeah, has a fitful sleep, and gets up and on his 47th birthday, dressed in, as a professional hockey player. So his joke was, you know, you hear guys getting sent down for two weeks. I got sent down for two decades. <laughs> and, uh, and he actually played and had a few shifts and got in a fight. Yeah. He dropped the mitts and was throwing bombs. Like... Such Newfoundland pride. Imagine he's, that feeling. He's like, he's like well, that's, he's like, that's the closest thing to my wheelhouse right now. Like just hanging out, maybe the odd, you know, the odd Donnie Brook outside of the bar. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you watch his post game press conference, it's a couple of things struck me. One is his daughter is now 13. She was there with her friend. She'd never seen him play professional hockey before. So that, that was pretty moving for him. The second yeah. thing is um, he, you know, kind of held his own out there and, and uh, they lost six, two. So he said, let's be clear. It wasn't like crazy Cinderella story, but yeah, he made the Montreal Canadiens and had a high ankle sprain and it dragged on for a few years and it wasn't the outcome that he wanted. Mm -hmm. So how few people get another opportunity this many years later to really savor every moment of it and appreciate just how special that experience is. Like he said, obviously playing for the Canadians was, was awesome and great, but the surprise factor of this and how it all came yeah. together just made it like top of the heap as far as memories go. Well, it's probably like when you have kids, right? And then you're like busy when you have kids and you're doing stuff and then you see them getting older like me when my kids are teenagers now, all, all of them. And, uh, you know, John's freaking uh, applied to university like it's actually 
crazy the the time has come there and it's like you you miss those the times when they're young so much that it you know just uh, knocks you out when you start thinking about the time passing yeah but but the to 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 uh you, you miss it so much so it's almost like be, you know when you become a grandparent and you you get to see the, that same feeling of your own but you flesh savor and blood it a bit there more, yes. again, and you're there to to like just be okay to to make sure sitting on the couch for an hour and a half to, when they're running around or whatever, you know, like that that must have been what it's like for him. Like he's back doing you know the sport that he grew up loving, and yet he's you know in the in the moment he's probably just cruising around like it's a dream almost. I bet. And the whole place you can imagine. The whole place went just bananas for him. Oh, for sure. Which must have felt great. Like, he's already a legend in that town. And uh, they said, yeah. so, dear castmates from Shorzy, no. And he said, Jared Kiso sent me game notes. <laughs> like, looked up the other team they were playing and, like, sent him a, a few thoughts and things to know yeah. about the other team. Just awesome. Nice. But as a, a- a feel-good sports story and... I would suggest anyone watch his post-game interview, which is about 14 minutes, and it's emotional and it's passionate, and just to see a guy appreciate what he has. He was just flying. It was really cool. Cheers to that. Terry Ryan, bod of the week. Yeah, he is kind of bod of the week. That's like, and then I realized, like, oh, he's younger than me. Everyone's like, at his age, imagine being able to tie your own skates. Oh, he's 47 younger than me. Yeah, I'm 48. There you go. Younger than me, too, bud. Can you tie your own skates? Hell yeah. When was the last time you were on skates? Last year. Maybe. Yeah, last year. Outdoor rink styles. Well, because remember the uh, the lake was always skating in the backyard. But I go back and we'll visit our neighbors, Wendy and, and John. At least a couple times a year and have a skate with them. Nice. At, on the old Lake Wilcox. Nice, nice. But yeah, I'm not, uh, certainly not uh, going to be ripping around on, I don't I don't know if I, how I'd, I'd fare in a shinny match these days. Yeah, I know. Like, I think it's been 20 years since I've had a, a stick and a puck with another person other than farting around, right? Um, you never played like, yeah, I never played hockey. Competitive anyway. hockey. baseball. Yeah. But did you like Juno cups and all that stuff? Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. I did a couple of those good times with Jim Cuddy and Tiger Williams and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Those are always fun. For <laughs> sure. I was telling That's Carol the good. other day, remember seeing Jim Cuddy at the airport in Vancouver? Yeah. Oh, what was the first thing he said? Oh, yeah, everybody's got a book now. Eh? Yeah, they'll give we anybody a, a and book. <laughs> what are you guys doing here? Oh, we're on a book tour. Oh, what? Yeah. They'll give anybody a and book. Yeah. Like, yeah, it wasn't no, even no. like a diss no, it was, or... No, it was like he was thinking no. aloud to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And it's like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, we're right here, Jim. We can hear you. Hey, by the way... <laughs> By Canadian standards, we are best-selling authors. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a little-known fact I share with friends. <laughs> Have you ever shared it? 
Well, if anyone's ever busting them for like bio information or anything, it's a good thing to throw in there, not just the music, right? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's definitely. um in your two truths and a lie. That's your uh, go-to mm-hmm. lie. Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Was your um, training camp? It was the was it the Pirates? Atlanta Braves. The Braves. Yeah. So, like, did you get a Braves uniform and stuff? No, no. It was just a scouting camp, basically. Right. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a level of interest. And they were, like, comeback styles. Because uh, I was just six, 16 at the time. Yeah, crazy. So it was just, like, getting ready for possibility to, I don't know, maybe if I wanted to get a scholarship or something. I got a... A friend who I played with who got a scholarship for Temple University. And wow. Yeah, like it was a, there's a, it's a great way to, to get on to school. But at that time, I was like just starting drums and didn't really care about school at all. So I went the other way. But it was, uh, I felt I didn't have the goods to, to go to, go all to the show. But I definitely, had, you know, maybe could have gotten some school out of it if I was looking for school, but I would definitely wasn't. Was that, um, was that hard to accept? For my parents, it was hard to accept that I stopped playing baseball big time because that's all they wanted me to do. They were like, it was kind of like, you know, for people in Canada, hockey parents were traveling around all the, go to every game, practicing with my dad all the time. Was it hard for uh, you to accept, or you didn't really care? That wasn't no, really I was your sick point. of it because, I, yeah, at that point, I'd been doing it for t- ten years. I was literally f- five, so I was like sick and tired of it. And more the politics of baseball, like have the coaches and the the hierarchy of a team, being a poor kid on a team with kids with dough. There was a lot of different things that made it a little difficult. I had a dirt ball coach when I was in one of my final years playing rep ball where this guy was a clear pedophile. What? Him and the assistant coach had a thing going where they were grooming kids and the one guy went to jail and I can't, I can't say who it is because I, I, w- I did an interview after the fact. To, what? And, and they couldn't verify the name and the face exact, but there was a name, a person who was, went to jail, but I, I, it can't be verified so it's it has to be anyway the guy's a dirt ball and he's in either in jail or went to jail he's probably dead now wow but he was a dirt ball and that was literally like that, that kind of another part i was seeing this kind of character and his creepy buddy and their behavior and it just turned me right off i was 15 i think and you can and, just tell. Uh, yeah, six. I was. Yeah, I was just you know what? Forget this. Like the the whole thing of of being all like all the personalities that make up a team. It's just so much, and and there's so much going on that that at that time I just didn't care enough about baseball anymore. To to because usually if you're like I don't care about all that stuff, I just love to play, and I I wasn't there anymore. Why did because your dad it, mostly be, mostly because drums was. Like I was so into drums at that time, like I, I like that's all I wanted to do. So, the, um, I I kind of changed my perspective of the passion, you know. 
What made your dad so sure he could teach you baseball? He didn't. He wasn't really. He was more uh, simple. Like just, he wouldn't like teach me other than just throwing five hundred or swinging the bat five hundred times and pitching a hundred strikes or something. You know, like we would have these little goals or fifty strikes or a hundred pitches or five. Definitely five hundred swings. <laughs> Why baseball? Like, I wonder. Swinging bats, and then I, I we also. Uh, would hit I you I would uh take a like a broom a little skinny broomstick and he would throw like tiny rocks like pebbles wow. the smallest rocks wow <laughs> like Earl Wood styles <laughs> just close but close up just tosses right so I really had to be keen to hit to hit them right and I just started getting like I could rip these little tiny rocks <laughs> like uh, stuff like that, like really, you know, consistent every day for a couple, three hours. And uh, it, that that was kind of, I don't know, he was like, I'm not, I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to really, you know, give him a chance to be good, great at something, I guess. You know? Why wasn't he into soccer? Like, I can't imagine baseball was exactly ripping in the UK. Well, you know what? Because he moved to New York in the 50s oh, as a yeah. kid. And he became a fan of, like, the Giants and, and then the, the Brooklyn Dodgers. And he loved baseball. So he would, you know, living in the Bronx, he just saw all this great baseball. And that was all people cared about in his neighborhood. So that was it. Wow. So yeah, no. It, uh, Do you remember it, sitting them down and saying I'm out, or it just sort of was pretty natural? Um, no, they were pissed off. <laughs> they were really mad. They would have. They would have ha- been. Uh, they would have been happy with me quitting school and just going with baseball. You know what I mean? They did that. They cared more about baseball than school. Wow. So yeah, they were pissed off. Especially the fact that my dad was already a drummer and, and in a sense, failed because he quit doing it professionally because he wasn't making enough money to, to you know, support four kids. Funny that most parents would be like, you need to quit this baseball pipe dream and get something more <laughs> I steady. Oh, I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's because... Um, I don't know. Like I, I, we, you know, we were in kind of dire straits financially at that time. He was just working at Sears, making like twenty-eight grand a year, and my mom was like working at dispatch at Pure Later for like a just above minimum wage. So it was rental apartments and and month to month, you know. Yeah. So at that time, I was like, it was only passionate things you're into <laughs> there was nothing you no know, money to do anything else so i was uh, lucky to to care but i think the desperation of being really uh, poor helped kind of uh, kick my ass to 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 work harder at it you know what i mean but it's funny that you kind of you kind of did the same thing it was like a fight or flight thing happened in your head at a very young age and you're like, well, I gotta, I, I can't just sit here. I have to try and, what else do you do? You follow your dreams, right? That's the only thing you can do. 
But but often, I would say it's a more typical cycle that yeah. people like your folks would say, okay, but you're going to study hard in school and be a doctor so you don't have to feel this I struggle. Know, like it, it was unique that you were encouraged to pursue uh, things that were sort of outside the conservative realm. In my case, it's yeah. funny when people ask, like, why did you choose to do this? I didn't choose to do anything. I was just grabbing whatever vines came my way. <laughs> yeah, you were. It wasn't like you had this big plan and you're checking off a list. You yeah, were just trying to trying to stay alive and and provide for yourself and your yeah. family. And it's like easy <laughs> in retrospect to sort of make it seem like a series of good choices. Yeah, but uh, it was you know luck to some degree, and then backfilled with hard 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 work yeah and for me like with success my family was like we were so close but they were in the same position right so like basically but the first house i bought was their house and i was just living in it Hmm. because i was like i can't sit in this shitty little apartment with like we were living in one a one-bedroom apartment my parents were taking a mattress and putting it out on the living room floor every night. One of those foam mattresses. So Crazy. me, James, me, James and Jet, Jenny had already moved on. She had kids and with the family and uh, me, Jet and James were all in one room and my parents in the living room. And James was in the closet with his typewriter all night hacking uh, darts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for type typing and hacking darts, and me and Jed sleeping in the you know all what's he typing mattresses. in there? His poetry and writing—that's all he did. He wow. wrote, wrote and wrote. Yeah, pretty weird scene, man. And yet, at the time, perfectly normal. Like it was just what everyone knew, right? That was it. That is that's com- that's comfortable for me. <laughs> right when you're like this is this is normal so yeah like i was like i want you know i gotta get the fuck out of here they can't live like that let's get a place so we you know i bought a small little house in rexdale and uh yeah i live i had my you know i was remember watching seinfeld when it was on in the house by my, my own room right stoked that I had my own room, yeah, <laughs> and my a TV in my room, <laughs> right? Do um. <laughs> Meanwhile, like star seeds pounding on the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Do you think, uh, like in a simple plan way, do you think you you channeled some of your uh, rage and uncertainty into drumming? Like was sure. it was it a good outlet? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, hitting things helps. Uh, it's great. Drumming is the best because you're not only getting out physical exertion, but you're connecting to time and playing. Right, so you're like it's double whammy, you know. And you have to it's be great, present. Yeah, I mean it's it's like jogging is great because you're running and in, in balance and you're kind of creating a tempo the same way by running and walking like you're creating a tempo when you're walking that like you're that's why it's 
something that's great because you start it and you feel like okay i'm on this chain this train of feet of but it's a similar thing with when you're when you're playing music once you start playing time it, it's uh it kind of propels you in a way and you feel like you just kind of you're doing something else <laughs> you know there's a a connection that's that's creates energy in a way that's good for you i'm into it um yeah. before, before we take a break i just wanted to give a shout out to a couple of og buds the oilers were in montreal to play the halves this weekend they won an overtime they're on a 10 game heater and i got a message from ryan franks and frankie who works with the oilers yeah, um, nice. He, he was uh we'd actually been in touch a couple of times on his um rip with the oil they were in uh detroit and a few other spots and he uh had his tiger and torrens bucket with him nice and uh so he's sitting in the stands at the bell center and bartsy walks up wearing his tiger and torrens hat yeah so uh shouts to uh bartsy and frankie a couple of um tnt buds from the hockey community still repping love it absolutely i love it yeah and you know i uh i i still love hearing from the buds like like the dms still coming in here and there of, of like you just you never know when you you're gonna see it but it's always like such a heartfelt message from everybody yeah it's they, nice hit us up the other the other uh, day i was just randomly on instagram i look and it's like hey i was listening to the pod a while ago and i'm going to maui and i want to know where you got that uh that that sandwich talking about and i was like you mean the paia fish market and that blackened ahi tuna sandwich wow yeah i was like go make sure you go get it i sent them the menu of the place didn't know exactly where it is and i said hit me back man let me know if it's still incredible wow love love hearing from the buds on and it's always a great story or they you know they're happy it makes them feel better and is uh, it still there they've got a cool anecdote it's oh yeah they're actually i think there's like three or four locations now but that's what you know it's like when you see more locations you worry about the if it's still banging the same way but i hope i'm sure it is love it good stuff they they literally they catch that the fish hundred yards away and like it's there and it's just unbelievable every time imagine you get a plate and a fishing rod yeah like way you I go remember, about I, I remember when i was living well not living on vis vacationing and uh after recording with bob rock who lives in maui uh we record we would record but there was back, back then you could rent a little beach house right on, on, in paia yeah on the ocean and they're a beautiful you know outlet of water and the beach is incredible for like 150 130 bucks a day yeah for your own one bedroom house with a backyard right to the ocean and i would spend like three weeks there just it was the best move ever just great times and you'll never regret that either oh man yeah like i still look back at it like man just great times just I know. by yourself and, and not as just, out of reach as people think like i i know if you're kenny chesney you buy an island and you take your pj down there but yeah, if that's you go not on the internet anymore. service 
Yeah, but I'm just saying the 140 bucks or whatever a day for a house, like now it's like probably a thousand bucks plus for a, a room and a place. You know what I mean? Like it's just gotten so expensive that that kind of, uh, I don't know, that, that kind of the, the, the go, go at your, the, the Kerouac vibes cruising around being able to see luxury things is kind of doesn't really happen as much you know what i mean you can't go to the places that you you used to be able to at least access without having to spend thousands of dollars you know yes but i think europe is the new um white sand beach destination yeah. If you go on uh, the internet service, there are lots of places in Europe where you can buy all you need and then some for like under 200. No. Yeah. Portugal right. being one of them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. France I being have... another. Yeah. I don't know how I got on this. Like, uh, I don't know what algorithm is at play sending me <laughs> you're digging it. Italian properties. Like j for the guy who just said, I'm going to simplify everything. Yeah. Um, but like properties in Italy, properties in France, England, not so much. But uh, I was looking up the top 10 places to buy inexpensive real estate in uh, Europe. And obviously some of them are like Bosnia, Herzegovina. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I bet. Um, but yeah. others are um, surprising. That's interesting. I, yeah. Like uh, to... The only thing is when you're own, like, you can't really Airbnb those places without like having to know somebody local or doing it with someone and managing it that you can trust. You know what I mean? Boy, do I. I know we're, from we're, having a place you know, in PEI have, that it was a part-time job I didn't want. Yeah. And Lisa's place in Costa Rica, it's like the same thing. Like you actually have to have security there every day and it has to be managed in some way that uh it's not easy like there's a lot of work that you have to do to try and make some cash out of those places when they're in a in a, a you know tucked away area here's how i think they potentially work best is if you plan to spend a significant amount of time there yourself and yeah. then use renting it out to offset it like in our case sure. i we haven't used the cottage that we own much because it's rented all the time and if you're going to use it and in peak season, when you could be getting a great nightly rate, then you think, would I spend this much on a vacation for us? Kind of stealing from ourselves. It's the weirdest mentality. No, I hear you. No, I got you. It's almost like you got to rent the place next door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is like, <laughs> that was never the point. Let's take a break, bud. Hey, bud. There he is. Here, hold on. I got to get a jam for this one. This is good here. Hold on. Here we go. We got a game, bud. New game. I'm into it. It's called Band Starter Kit. Yeah. Where one of us asks the other, what's the starter kit of the band that they're going to say? So if yes. I say Pet Shop Boys, what would you say? Shiny suits, shoulder pads, and glasses with no prescription. And if you said Tool, I would say... A bong, a gym membership, and a Joe Rogan t-shirt. <laughs> 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 a 
Okay, so let's let's oh. go. Band start a cat. Are you are you ready? Band. I don't know. Are you going first? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay, you go for. Uh, yeah, you go first. Give me one first. Okay. Our uh, the band is Limp Biscuit. Okay. Uh, well, uh, puka shell necklace. Yeah. Um, uh, see, I'm just thinking of things that Fred Durst wears, like the backwards red <laughs> no. baseball cap. Yeah, but you think of the person too, yeah. right? And the it's, you know, 20 fan. years, it's 20 years later, right? But they're still hanging on. So yeah, the puka shells is still going. Well, this raises a good question. So... <laughs> If the band is from back then, is it the person now or what the person back then would have had? It's it's the person now. Okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, yeah. Okay. It's like you're going to the concert, right? Okay. So Puka Shell Necklace, <laughs> right? Dodge Charger, and uh, 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 Heavy Bag in the Garage. <laughs> heavy Bag that's totally unused. Yeah. Careful. I had one of those. Okay, Sugar Ray. Oh, Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray, okay. Now, like if you're a fan, yeah. of, you're a fan now. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to say uh, one of those. Uh, <laughs> the reason they're on my mind is because he hosts a show on Sirius. It's probably like 90s at 9 or something. Yeah. And he said, uh, I take off my hat and my frosted tips to you, sir. Yeah. It was like a tip of the frosted tips to someone he's given a compliment to. Oh, so I'm gonna say, Oh, nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, for sure, like, uh, you know, one of those little... The uh, the Coke spoon necklace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then like uh, um, uh, those those remember those workout pants. <laughs> you know, like those workout pants that have like the kind of pajamas. Like Zubaz. <laughs> no, the the baggy ones. Like that you. I don't know. Is that what those were? The workout pants that were baggy? They had like a tight, like wrestling pants. Like they have a tight waistband. Yeah. A tight, thick waistband. Well, not, tw not, not tight, but yeah, they pull like pajamas, basically. And then he's got probably those white sunglasses, like the Freedom Fighter sunglasses. Gross. <laughs> white sunglasses on the back of the neck. Yeah, getting gas. <laughs> okay, give me one. Okay, um <clears throat> please. Um okay. Band starter kit. <laughs> um we're trying to change change it up here in genre wise. Yeah. Um and, and thinking of like a different uh, uh, okay. Okay, Radiohead. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, you know Blank. He loves Radiohead. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, this guy has... Okay, this guy has uh, an outdoor projector to watch, <laughs> like like, to watch like, con live concert 
uh, streams and is it and it like it's one of those ones that he pulled out of his backpack that like it goes all huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> backpack is a good hint too. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he have a Di- backpack? Digital backpack. This guy. <laughs> like it's got like plugs. His headphones yes, are coming like out of gadgetry. It. Just the gadgetry. And and his backpack has a hydration system. Like he drinks water and green tea out of his backpack. He's got like those glasses that have everything like the that talk to you. You know, like when you look out you see all information like translations and stuff. Yeah. In in the lens of the glasses. Like if he's talking to someone, the glasses are listening to the person. And if they're talking another language, it's just showing the subtitles. So they're reading subtitles of everything. It's like like you look, they look at a flower and it tells them what it is. The flower. (laughs) Like subtitles. (laughs) It's funny that like Radio Shack, I don't know. Is that why? Radiohead? But Radio Shack employee, like super turbo gadget person, (laughs) is someone that I picture. Okay, so yeah, yes. What else does the guy have? That was the backpack. Hydration system in the backpack. (laughs) Um, And an e bike. Yeah. He's that guy. Um, Eminem fan starter pack. M&M? Yeah. <coughs> M&M starter pack. Okay. Uh, has one of those, like, this, the, what is it, a WRXKZ, whatever, the Subarus with the, like, the low thing and the big back fan on yep. it? Yep. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> I, uh, a uh, closet full of only jack- jogging pants and hoodies. <laughs> like still. Yes. And and he and he he unlocks the basement of his parents' house. That's where he lives. That's got the key to the basement. Walk out. He has his own door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he put a lock inside the basement door so his parents can't come down. Yes, yeah, his own his own entrance. Because <laughs> all, you know, all he does inside there is just watch pornography and rage. <laughs> like that, like that, that, the person beside beside your remember your mom thought she was living next to some sex maniac with the sex machine, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, that's him for real, that guy. Aww. By himself. <laughs> that is um that is one of my favorite stories. <laughs> it is a classic. Or eat or eat or eat or eat. And you're like going over there and trying she's she's like, I'm positive what this is, and you're like, it can't be. But you're like, well, what else could it be? <laughs> so if 
If you don't remember the story, you haven't heard it. It's my, a great story. My mom was living next to this dude. And she said uh, to me, my neighbor comes home every night and masturbates from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. when he goes to bed. And I was like, how, how do you know this? And she's like, please, I know what it sounds like, which is not a thread I wanted to pull on too much. And she said, furthermore, in the mornings, he's out on his deck having a cup of coffee and he'll wave at me. And I, all I can think is don't wave at me with that hand. So she wanted to address it with him directly. And I was like, I think you need a middle person. Go to the um, uh, building superintendent. Ask them to broach the subject. Because she said it sounds like from the moment he walks in the door to the moment he goes to bed. So long story short. He's, he's waving, but like one arm is super way bigger than the other arm. And she's like, why that he's, he's doing it that much that it actually makes his bicep bigger. Which, by the way, it was because it turns out he had been training for an arm wrestling competition. So he was using his arm going, but it was to like doing pull-ups or something. You had some like resistance machine she and meanwhile she's like no well, look at his arm how big it is yeah. <laughs> so obviously then what else is he doing yeah it's um uh it was not a confrontation i i wanted for her because imagine some woman is like i know what you're doing over there buddy like how are you oh, even yeah. gonna say that no i know right and then what right like and he's like no no look and it's like um okay i want to give you a canadian band oh okay yeah good grapes of wrath grapes of wrath grapes of wrath starter kit uh like (laughs) seven 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 different reading glasses just because like you always have to have the set for different font sizes no, no, just because you lose them all and they got to have them around. So lots of reading glasses. Including one on a chain around your neck. Like, yeah, for sure. Because it's like, I can't read shit without these things. <clears throat> and because I'm myself included, I'm like getting there with that. Not quite, but I'm getting there with the phone of not being able to see anything. Uh, secondly, uh, rolling around in a, uh, rolling around in a, I'm trying to remember what's the, uh, what's the, what's the, the latest Honda minivan? The Odyssey? The Odyssey. Got it rolling in the Odyssey. Rolling in an odyssey, reading glasses galore, and uh, um, like an Edgar Allan Poe book. Yes, I was thinking the same thing, or Catcher in the Rye, one of those. (laughs) Um, Couple Salingers novels. I was actually thinking another fun way to play this game is what do they drive, what do they eat, what do they wear? Starter kit. Yeah, can, that's what's good because it can be anything in a way. Yeah, kind of gives you a little bigger palette. <clears throat> okay, I'll give you a uh, Canadian band. Hit me. Rush. 
Oh, I, I feel like I know these dudes. Yeah, you do. I'm sure. For um, sure. We all know the Rush guys. It's funny. Where it's only Rush. They don't want to hear, like, this guy's, the Rush guys that don't want to hear anything about any other band. They're out there, a lot of them. And it's funny because the Rush fans are very different than the guys yes. in Rush. 100%. Absolutely. Well, it's like, like they how created, how they does created that happen? The, they created a monster in the Rush fans. Not, 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 not in a bad way, but like, there's some crazy Rush fans out there. I saw an interview with Getty and he was saying within like a week of Neil's passing, people were sliding into his DMs and saying, I'll drum for you guys. Yeah, that's pretty greasy, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like I get, I get creeped out when I hear... You know, when people ask me, hey, you talk to those guys? And I'm like, no, man, I'm not talking to anybody. No way. There is a rumor and, that they're getting back and together. And people have, like, people have asked me, like, hey, uh, you know, what would you think about... I'm like, sure, I obviously, but I mean, I'm, I would never ask and never want to ask or say, you know, just, just so you know, I'm available. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Obviously, everybody... Whoever has played drums is available to yeah. that phone call, you know? So to ask is just ridiculous. That's just, yeah. And it's like noted that like, <laughs> I won't call you, right? <laughs> if anyone was like, hey, Ked, you know, just throwing this out there. Okay. Putting the list of like the no calls. <laughs> I would think because that speaks to someone's uh, overall poor judgment and you wouldn't want someone with poor judgment in your space yeah well and I I haven't heard anything but I mean if even if it is then it's obviously a very private thing and they have their they have their own reasons for doing it so yeah you know that's uh it's not like even if you hear about something like that, that doesn't mean there's like going to be some cattle call, you know, where you go and do that. It's a, it, I'm sure if somebody, if that's true that they're talking about that, then they've already clearly have some somebody in mind, and that's kind of part of the thing. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't do anything unless they felt comfortable with somebody to do it with, and that's a very personal thing and requires a lot of conversation and respect. And uh, if that's happening, then I'm sure that's that's a you know great, and it's a very private thing. But I doubt it's anything other than that. And even if it is happening, you know, you would have to be in the conversation for a band, a, a high-profile band that was looking to uh, find a new drummer. I'd like to hope so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, what if Nickelback was like, hey, you want to join? That would be a hoot, wouldn't it? Sure, absolutely. I, I, anything, you know, it's uh, any music that's uh, like a band that's been doing what they've been doing for a long time and and they're, they're solid. It's like, it's a, it's a great, it's all great. Selfishly, I'd like to see you in I a... I wouldn't give a... Sh <laughs> like a, a Shania why because i'd like to see you 
crushing it in a genre of music that is not one you oh, would choose. Like that no, would add a yeah. layer of enjoyment to me to watch. Yeah. Whose totally. bed have your boots been under? You just wailing on that? I would crush that. I, I, I have played that song. Have you? Yeah. Not that one. I've played. Uh, dun, dun, man, dun, feel, dun, man, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've played that. That's a dance floor rump shaker. That's, you know, that song's got a tricky little arrangement there. There's a lot of little stops and pauses and weird spots. I'm going out tonight. A thing <laughs> is on the light. I got do that. And yeah, it's got a, like those kind of shuffles, you can't fake that feel, right? You have to, it's a big, like it's hard to play those kind of shuffles and it has to feel good or it's bullshit. You know I what am. Mean? You know what I mean? It's got to be like laying it down. You got to be driving that or else you're just like in a little tricycle with a little wheel all bent. And there's a mod in every Shania song. Definitely. Who's yeah. Right? It always goes up. <laughs> Like, how do we get up here? <laughs> like, at what some point in her life, she's just going to be like, Once a day, she just modulates up. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Who's bed have your boots been under as a jam? <laughs> is that's the first one or is that like I don't even know uh, I would say that was his first like it sounds like he's basically louder than her on that song yeah Mutt yes <laughs> he's like what, turning her down in the mix and she's like and he's like nobody's gonna know <laughs> That's <laughs> true, right? Nobody's noticed at all. He goes in at that night and turns like, you down. <laughs> no, but like, no one's gonna notice that there's this guy singing every line with you. Like, no one will, and nobody really did ever. No one ever said, "Who's that guy always on every line?" It's Wait funny. a sec. <laughs> in whose bed have your boots been under? On every song she ever did, like with those records, there's a Mutt Lang backing vocal. Really? Like, like in like in the choruses especially. I don't. Know, I feel like it, it, it's it's a thing. So you think on that? Any man, any man, any man. <laughs> That's my yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Remember that story I heard that uh, Brian Adams came in. Uh, one night after he was recording in the daytime and he saw Mutt s singing his vocals and he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and that was the end of their relationship? <laughs> I don't think so. He was just like, don't stop fucking doing that. And he's like singing his songs. <laughs> hey, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, and it was like waking up the neighbors, man. Like that album. <laughs> That's so obnoxious. <laughs> Can you imagine coming in on your own record and he's fucking singing it? Laying some harms down? No, like the the main vocal. Like fuck <laughs> you. That's really 
arrogant. Like, no, the people want to hear me. So he did Def Leppard and he did Shania. Who else did Mike Lang do? <coughs> Sorry. What else? Yeah. Oh, Back in Black. That's probably his best. Wow. ACDC, yeah. Foreigner, oh, The Cars, Huey Lewis, Billy Ocean, Celine, Britney Spears, The Cores, Maroon 5, <laughs> Lady Gaga. Yeah. Wow. Those are all victory laps, those last like seven though. Are you know they? I mean? <laughs> the victory lap is like when it's a song that no one hears, but yeah, I wanted to work with them, one of those. Like The Cores? <clears throat> How well, I guess that was did all right and then popular, but I'm saying it wasn't like his heyday where it was like 30 million albums. No. <clears throat> How pumped were the cores to get Mutt Lang to produce their record? I don't know. He probably uh, chorused his way in there by maybe send, like showing them a song or who knows. I don't know. I don't know how how he works whether he's like here here's a song or like they have to have a song and he makes it better i don't know what <clears throat> mutt lang Super wrote private. every song on def leppard's iconic album <laughs> just him yeah that's what it says <laughs> what the fuck holy cow they didn't even were they even there <laughs> Can you imagine they didn't even play on it? Let us know when it's done, man. Hey, by the way, here's an interesting fun fact uh, that has nothing to do with anything. Okay. While filming The Body, Kiefer Sutherland was teaching River Phoenix how to play Stand By Me on the guitar. As they were playing, Rob Reiner walked by and said, Oh my God, I haven't heard that song in 20 years. Six months later, the film was renamed Stand By Me. Yeah, so it was called The Body, based on the Stephen King short yeah. story, right? <clears throat> yeah, did you know yeah. that? Well, it even says then that it's the screenplay or whatever the story is the bot by based on the body. Yeah. In the uh, I remember in the credits. But, Indigo uh, and I watched uh, Back to the Future over the holidays. Solid. Good solid. Does it ever hold up? Oh, yeah. That's really good. Did you see that crazy salt burn on the uh, Netflix? No. Have <laughs> uh, watched that one with Carol. Why? Tell me how you like that. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty next level in terms of like the shock factor vibes and like creep salad sandwiches. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, just just watch it. It's crazy. Is it about people? There's a lot pounding? of swinging at like I don't know what is it with new movies. There's a lot of swinging hammers in movies now, eh? They love this the the frontal cock swings. Oh, really? Actual hammer time? <laughs> a lot of hammer time in these new movies these days. But I guess it's just like, hey, man, been showing butts and and breasts for for decades. Time to to even things up here. The horns. There's section. some serious dick swinging going on in the movies. These really. Days. Yeah, man. <laughs> so are th uh, I have so many questions. Check it out. Let me know next week. <laughs> so were you uh, uh, uncomfortable seeing the birds' nests? 
Not really. No, it's just it's just I'm like, wow, they're really taking it up a notch in this one. Yeah. <clears throat> it's Lots not of- just the hammer swings. It's just there's all kinds of like, God damn, Jesus Christ, eh? <laughs> We're um trying to find a show to watch as a family. Well, yeah, hard. not that. No, not yeah. that. But we've tried a few that are like, um, like you know, do you want to do heroin and pound in this closet? Like, well, okay, that's probably not the... <laughs> yeah, that's every single time, right? It's like, this is a great show that's family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing that happens. Like it right in the pilot. <laughs> like the worst Degrassi episode ever, yeah. like right away. Someone gets shot during an orgy at a high school teenager's house with racism. Like, what? Yeah, it's like they're. It's either like I Carly or whatever. It's like the new version of that. Yeah. And then, like, I don't think there's anything like acceptable for for kids at all on any of those networks, the the streaming ones. No, like Euphoria. Did you guys watch that? No. I've heard it, heard about it, but I haven't seen it. <clears throat> we haven't watched it either. Yeah, you can't. There's no kids shows you can watch. No. There was a good one with John Stamos called Big Shot about a high school basketball, high school girls basketball team. John Stamos. Yeah. Still rolling, eh? Yeah. Still rolling. Um, All right. Okay, good chatting, bud. Yeah, bud. Let's uh, chat soon. Let's chat soon. Oh.